So over the last few weeks, we have been talking about the games we play, and we've been uh, using games we play to talk about how we live life and how we handle life, and we used, uh, we started out talking about hide-and-seek and to talk about how sometimes we try to hide from God uh, when we know, um, we really know that that's impossible to do. We talked about um, solitaire to talk about how sometimes we try to live a solitaire life. We try to do this thing on our own, and that's just not the way God designed us. Um, And God desires there to be unity, and there can only be unity in community. And so when you're not here, when you're not in the community, we we can't have unity. So last week we talked about Angry Birds. We struggle with anger. A lot of us struggle with anger. There's certain things or people that cause us uh, to get angry, but we showed last week how anger and worshiping God simply don't mix. Those two don't go together. You can't have anger in your heart and worship God at the same time. This week we look at Monopoly. I love the game of Monopoly. Anybody else love the game of Monopoly? Um, I always have. Some people don't like it because... You know, it, it, can, it can take a long time to play Monopoly. Uh, but that's kind of one of the reasons that I like it. You, um, there's a lot of strategy involved, uh, you know, buying up property and uh, trying to get the other person to give you all their money and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and, that, and that's really the whole point of the game. Uh, you're trying to become a Monopoly. Uh, you own all the properties, take up all the other person's money. That's, that's the fun of playing the game playing with play money and pretending you own properties and um, building hotels on that property. Um, It's fun making the other player pay you money when they land on your property. The problem with the game Monopoly, however, is when it ceases to become a game. The problem happens when we start living out the game of Monopoly in real life. Because life is not based on the amount of possessions we accumulate. It's not about the amount of money that we have in the bank. It's certainly not about taking other people's money. The game of Monopoly is not life. I think we know this, at least I I think we do. Um, But in order to live a God-honoring life, we can't live a consumption-filled life. In order to live a God-honoring life, we can't live a consumption-filled life. We can't consume and consume and consume. Jesus taught this. Jesus taught more about money and how to handle money and the dangers of money more than anything else in the Gospels. Some of you who've been Uh, In the church for a while, maybe you've heard that before. If you're familiar with the Gospels, you know that. But that is an incredible fact when you think about all the things that Jesus could have talked about. He spent more time talking about money and the dangers of money and how to handle money. But Jesus knew this one thing, and we just read it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And for too many of us humans, our treasure is our treasure. Our treasure is money. Our treasure is all the things that money can buy, even if we don't have the money to buy. 
Jesus knew that the lure of wealth and all that comes with it is very enticing to all of us. I mean, think about it. How many times have you, um, have you and your buddies and your family um, thrown up the hypothetical situation where you won the lottery? Oh, yeah. So, uh, a lady this week won the lottery, right? Won a boatload of money. Poor girl's going to be broke in about a year. That's the odds. Because she don't know how to handle that money. Quit her job. Oh, she's going to be asking for that job later. We don't know how to deal with it. we don't. And so how many times have you thought about what your life would look like if you just had more money, right? We think about it, we dream about it, and and sometimes we act on it. I love what Dave Ramsey says, and if you thought I was going to preach the sermon without quoting Dave Ramsey, you were wrong. Um, He says, you can't out-earn stupid. You can't out-earn stupid. You know, some of us think, man, if I just, oh, if I just, we just had a little bit more money. If I just made a little bit more money, everything would be all right. If I just made a little bit more money, everything would be all right. But the problem is, if you can't handle the money you have now, what makes you think you can handle more money? The problem with thinking that simply we can make more money and that's going to solve all our problems is that when we make more money, we're going to make dumber decisions and bigger, dumber decisions decisions. Sorry, English teachers. But a lot of us pursue a life that will get us the money we want and the wealth that we think we deserve. We go after the career that will pay us the most. Maybe we seek a spouse that will provide us with the kind of lifestyle we desire. And, and there's no, nothing wrong with wanting a, a, a better life. For yourself, but too often the pursuit of money and the pursuit of nicer things takes control of us. It grabs a hold of us to the point that nothing else matters. We're willing to do anything to get what we want, to get more cash, to get more stuff. Jesus basically tells us in our passage, what's the point? What's the point? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. All of the things that we spend most of our life pursuing eventually will all fade away. Time will either get them, uh, the environment will destroy them, or we'll die and we can no longer uh, do anything with them. I've said this many times, but I have not seen a U-Haul behind a funeral possession. Maybe somewhere in South Georgia, but I've not seen it. When you die, you can't take your stuff with you. We know that, right? Up here, I think. We know it, but you can't take your money with you. So for a lot of people, they spend their whole life working for a certain standard of living, gaining more and more stuff, only to come to the end of their life. And they spent more time working to get the things that they wanted rather than spending time with the people that were already in their life. And then poof, in a moment, life is over. Our life is over, done, and we can't take our stuff with us. So Jesus says, what's the point? 
If our stuff will fade away, if it's all going to be gone from us in the end, what's the point? Instead, Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Essentially, Jesus wants us less focused on the temporary and more focused on the eternal. We're to be less focused on the things, the stuff, our money that will eventually be gone and focused more on things that will last for eternity. Work more on changing people's lives, helping each other, especially in times of need. I guess one of the ways of talking about this is talking about how we see our money. Do we see our money as something we are to accumulate for ourselves or do we see our money as something we can use to help others? Because those are two drastically different perspectives. Depending on how you view your money is going to shape how you live your life. And those are two different ways of living. If we think life is all about gaining wealth for ourselves, then we're going to be focused on the temporary, on the treasures, on earth. If we think about that life is all about helping each other, loving each other, then we're going to be focused on the eternal treasures in heaven. I guess this is the answer to why Jesus spoke more about money than anything else. Jesus knew that money touches every area of our life. Money's why we go to work. Money's why we go to school so that we can learn to trade, so that we can get a job, so that we can make money. Money's how we do business. It's what we use to buy the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear. Money literally touches every area of our life. Our marriages, our jobs, our school life, our church life, our uh, children, our relationships, everything. Money touches everything. And we can either spend our, our, our lives with money focused on the temporary, the stuff that's going to fade away and one day will be gone. Or we could focus on the eternal, the stuff that's going to last forever. And it really all comes down to perspective in how we see and view our money. Verses 22 and 23 have always kind of perplexed me in this passage. Um, kind of like it, it doesn't, doesn't mention any money. It, 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 it's always kind of seemed to be stuck there with no real connection before or after it. Until I discovered a little something about some of the words used and kind of stand back in awe of Jesus and his teachings. Jesus says in these verses, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And I, I read that, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I got contacts, and I'm in glasses. I'm messed up. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. There it is again. And then the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? I always thought those, those verses don't say anything about money or treasure or any sort of thing. So why are they there? But when you realize that the word translated as healthy is better understood to mean generous, and the word for unhealthy is better understood as stingy, it starts to change a whole lot. It starts to make a little bit more sense. You see, how we view our money makes all the difference. 
We can either see our money as ours and not meant to be shared and used for others, and we can be stingy, or we can be generous and do good with the money that God has blessed us with. And our perspective on money, again, affects our whole lives. Jesus says our bodies can either be filled with darkness and stinginess, or it could be filled with light and generosity. And how we view our money depends on which of those it will be. If you don't believe me, um, there was a study done on greed. Uh, thank you, Heather. It was a psychological study on greed using the board game Monopoly. The study randomly paired up willing participants to play a game of Monopoly. They then randomly selected one of those participants to receive different perks during the game. So this person was given, for instance, two dice to roll instead of one dice to roll, so he was moving more around the board than the other person. This person was also given $400 when passing go instead of $200. (laughs) Yeah. This person was also given twice as much money at the beginning of the game than the other person. The study only observed the two players for 15 to 20 minutes. For 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. But the results are staggering. The attitude of the player with all the perks became boastful and prideful over time, even though, even though those perks were given to him randomly. The players given the perks began to move their pieces, you know, around more forcibly. <laughs> you know, I got this. Uh, forcibly louder. Came louder over time. They would also make comments like, you're going to lose. You're going to go bankrupt. 15 to 20 minutes, that's all it took. The aspect of the study that I find most interesting, um, instead of a bag of pretzels, was a bowl of pretzels. The conductors of the study placed a bowl of pretzels on the side of the board, directly in the middle between the two players. Well, as the game progressed, the player with all the perks began to consume twice as many pretzels, if not more, as they played. As if the player wasn't aware of it, the extra money, the extra perks, began to create in them a a sense of entitlement and a desire to consume more and more and more. And while I know this is just a study, I do think it's a reflection of life. When we view life as the pursuit of more and more and more money, we only care about ourselves. When our eyes are stingy, we only care about the temporary. But when we see life as more than the pursuit of money and our eyes are full of generosity and we see life as about helping each other and loving each other, our focus turns to the eternal and our heavenly treasures. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. You can't love God and love money. You can make money and love God, but you can't love both. Now, Jesus never said you can't make money. Jesus never said you can't be wealthy. 
In fact, if Christians aren't making money and the church isn't taking in money, that means the other team has it all. That means money is doing more evil than it is good. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's a big difference. See, I believe God wants you to go out and make as much money as you can, to work as hard as you can, but I also believe he wants you to go out and be as incredibly generous as you possibly can. Our God is the most giving God. And he wants us, I believe, to try to outgive him. It's not going, it's, not, it's impossible, but he wants you to try. But Jesus warns us about the dangers of loving money. He warns us about having a perspective on life that is only focused on the temporary and not the eternal. Our money is not going to last forever. And we're going to have to leave it in the bank when we die. So we might as well do some good with it while we're still here. God's calling for all of us to have a new perspective on life. A life that is not focused on ourselves, but that's focused on others. God is calling for us to have new eyes to see. Eyes not filled with stinginess and darkness, but that's filled with light and incredible, radical generosity. May God grant us all new eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, you have so blessed us. You've blessed us materially. You've blessed us relationally. And Father, I, I just want to be a good steward of what you've given me. I just want to, to help do the most help that I can with what you have given me. Help my eyes not be filled with stinginess and darkness, but to be filled with light and generosity. Father, where I lack in possessions or, or money, may I give of my time and of myself. I pray that that is all of our prayers. We thank you again for your many blessings, including the blessing of your son, Jesus. And it's in his, his name we pray. Amen.